The letter is on page 11. That's today's letter. It's on page 11. It's from exactly 50 years ago, exactly, give or take. It's from Ed of Chag Sukkis of Tavshin Lamed Gimel. So 50 years, give or take a couple months. And it's a short little letter, but it has a lot of background. I want to say the background this time before we read the letter, because if you come into the letter with that background, the letter makes a lot more sense. So the background here is actually something we've discussed in prior in prior letters from the Rebbe, especially from this year. This was a big year for Israeli rabbinate elections. Um, but going back even further than that particular election, the election we talked about last time was Rabbi Goren becoming the chief rabbi of Israel. And he was elected mainly by the secularists who wanted him to rule on a controversial issue between a brother and a sister who are, were almost certainly Mamzerim. Everybody thought they were Mamzerim. They wanted him to pass him that they weren't. So they appointed him. If you uh, If you go back into the into the sheer list, you'll find the one on Mamzerim. You can hear that whole story. So there was a real controversial uh, Israeli rabbinate election at this point. But the Rebbe going way back, years and years before, had been involved in the Israeli rabbinate elections for quite some time. And it was always because he had a sticking point. The Rebbe was against term limits. There's a term limit when it comes to the Israeli rabbinate. You're only allowed to be a rabbi in the Israeli rabbinate, a chief rabbi. A chief rabbi of Israel can only be chief rabbi for 10 years. The term limit's a hard limit. And after that, somebody runs to replace you. Going back, I didn't go all the way back because the Igris go all the way back. But going back again and again throughout the Israeli rabbinate elections, you always find the Rebbe writing a letter to someone saying, hey, I'm pretty sure, the Rebbe doesn't say pretty sure, hey, I'm certain that it is usher for people to have term limits on rabbis. Rabbis can't have term limits. So I have some old letters uh, about previous elections that I want to run by you. I have one letter here that he sent to the Sephardim of Yerushalayim. They'd written to the Rebbe saying that they were worried Rabbi Yavadi Yosef was going to run against the incumbent Rabbi Yitzchak Nisim. They were very fond of Rabbi Nisim, and they wanted to make sure that he stayed in office. But they were pushing term limits at the time, and his term limit was long since up, and Rabbi Yavadi Yosef was running to replace him. So the Rebbe writes back to them. I want to read the letter to you. The Rebbe goes, first of all, this is not a specific question. I'm not answering what to do about this election because it's not a question that is pratis. It's not a specific question about one situation. This is a fundamental, the fundamental issue, a fundamental problem in the way that they're running Israeli uh, rabbinate elections. I'm writing this letter because this is not specific to the problems going on in Israel. This is an issue that is Negea to Yidin living everywhere, everywhere around the world. It has to do with Kavada Rabbanus, Kamuban Kasher, the Kavada Teirah. And since it has to do with Kavada Rabbanim, it also is tied to Kavada Teirah itself. So the Rebbe considers this very much his area. He's saying, I'm not stepping into politics. I'm talking about Allah. And I'm talking about Kavada Rabbanim. I'm talking about Kavada Teirah. And the question is, is it ever permitted, according to the Torah, which is Teras Chaim, to push a rabbi away from his job? Is it ever permitted to fire a rabbi? Especially if a large number of the people who are doing the pushing away are not from. Because when it comes to Israeli rabbinate elections, everybody gets a vote. So a lot of uh, a lot of secular Israelis are going to be voting for to to fire a certain rabbi. The rabbi goes, "Is this okay?" The stance of the Shulchan Aruch on this question is simple and clear. The Shulchan Aruch says it's absolutely forbidden. We're not allowed to remove rabbis from their posts, and certainly a group of chilonim can't come in and remove the chief rabbi from his post by vote. Therefore, there really is no question who I support in this election because I don't support the elections. Elections, when it comes to Rabbanim, are not ethical. They're against Teres and Teres Chaim. If 
This is not the letter we're reading now. I'm reading a different letter in case you're having trouble following. This is the letter from previously to clarify. The Rebbe says, if you're going to ask me, well, isn't there term limits? It's written into their contract. So now that we have this rabbi's term limit expiring, shouldn't we be voting for one of the two replacements? The Rebbe says, not at all. This question about precedent, about the contract that existed, has nothing to do with the din. There's a din about the fact that they did things that were usher in the past by setting term limits. And they're telling you that they plan on doing it in the future. This will not turn an Aveda into a mitzvah. There's a strong words from the Rebbe saying, that he's not interested in these Israeli rabbinate elections because they shouldn't be happening. These rabbis should not be at the end of 10 years pushed out of their seat. They should be happening to fill voids when a rabbi dies, when a rabbi steps down, but not when a rabbi is done his term limit. The Rebbe elaborates on this in the letter uh, to Nisan Tulushkin later that same year. He says, Mokhrach Adavar, this one's much shorter. Mokhrach actually the letter is very long. I'm giving you just three sentences from it. Mokhrach Nisim He's talking about Rabbi Nisim again, who uh, Rabbi Avadi Yosef was running against. The Rebbe says it's never been seen that Chilanim, even Balabatim, were allowed to Yasir Rav Mishars, were allowed to move a Rav from his position. He said, I understand that there was set up from the beginning that there would be a term limit, and that was part of his contract. Because this is not something that is, can be mevatil, that can get in the way of Kavadat Terah and Kavad Rav Yisrael, the Indian of Chazaka. The fact is that I don't care if there were term limits, I don't care if there were contracts, you can't run against a sitting rabbi, and that's that. So coming into this, um, after that election where nobody listened to the rabbi and Rabbi Vadi Yosef replaced uh, Rav Nisim, later on there was the Ashkenazi election, that's the one that happens in the year that we're studying now. This is Rabbi Unterman is the sitting rabbi, he's up, he's done 10 years, and his term's up, and Rabbi Shlomo Goren is running to replace him. As we said at the beginning of this year, and as you remember from prior Shiurim, this was very contentious because Rabbi Goren was mainly running to replace him on the on the ticket that he was going to that he was going to mesh together what the secularists wanted with halacha and sacrifice both. At the time, the Rebbe and Rabbi Goren were quite close before the election. Rabbi Goren was the chief rabbi of Tel Aviv, and before that, he had been the chief rabbi of the Israeli army. He'd written to the Rebbe back and forth extensively, and I have a letter here where the Rebbe writes to Rabbi Goren going into the election, and the, he writes very warmly but also very strongly. The Rebbe tells him that I, I expect you not to run. He says it in a very nice way. I just want to read a little excerpt of that to you, and then we'll, we'll go into our letter today. So he tells Rabbi Goren, I don't want you running. It's a PS on one of his prior letters. This is the Rebbe writing to Rabbi Goren when he was still the chief rabbi of Tel Aviv, but had already uh, declared his candidacy to replace Rabbi Unterman. He says, I want to maintain our relationship. He said, I also don't want you to hear this from somebody else. Uh, I want you to hear this from me, and I want to maintain our relationship. So the Rebbe is going to tell him something that's hard to hear. I'm going to write this to you. The same way that I've always stood in the prior in prior instances when it came to Israeli rabbinate elections. And I base my position on many places in Allah, including the Chasub Sefer. The Rebbe says, I am against pushing out a Rav when his term limits up. This is nothing to do with people who are running against him. I have nothing against the people running against him. I'm just saying you can't run against him. As I said in the last election, I'm going to jump to the middle of the letter because this is the part I really want you to hear, which is this sentence I put in bold in my notes. The Rebbe says, because of all of this, it is my hope. Asher. 
that that that, that you will yasid s mamatez umadat tey. I hate that word. It's got way too many vowels. The Rebbe says, I expect you to withdraw from the election, and I can't wait to hear that publicized. I expect to hear, uh, I expect you to withdraw your candidacy because I don't want a rabbi replaced in Eretz Yisrael um, at the end of his term limit, and I'm waiting to hear this announced publicly. The Rebbe says, I'm really hoping you'll do it. And then the Rebbe adds, One other important point in your particular election, and if it says, I can tell they're trying to use you as a pawn to go against halacha. So that's the second reason why you shouldn't run. Okay, so we have the Rebbe's position very clearly when it comes to the Rav Rashi position. The Rebbe does not want anybody running against sitting Rabbanim. And he, uh, he put his relationship with Rabbi Goran on the line. And ultimately, that relationship crumbled under this very issue, as we discussed in previous letters. Looking at our letter today, our letter today is on page 11. It's written on Erev Chag HaSukas, Tavshin Lamed Gimel. The Rebbe writes... You can open it up. Here we are. This is our letter. The Rebbe says, regarding my position on the upcoming Israeli rabbinate elections. Can you guess where the Rebbe is going to go with this? By now, you should be able to. The Rebbe says, I'd like to preface this by saying that my opinion is not specific to Eretz Yisrael. The opinion that I'm about to tell you applies to rabbinate elections everywhere. It's the same way that I said about the last Israeli rabbinate election. And I based my opinion on many places in Allah, including the Shot Chasim Sefer that is well known. I am against pushing away a Rav at the end of the time of his term limit. And this should have nothing to do with the honor of those who are running against him. As I've written in all prior elections, the Rebbe's signature. There's a note at the bottom of this letter that uh, Rabbi Hadakov was told, was told the, Rebbe, the Rebbe told Rabbi Hadakov to publicize this letter, make sure Rabbi Zevin gets it in Eretz Israel and all the Rabbani Anash and all the Bachrim. Um, oh, excuse me, Rabbani Bechadim, that's a different word. The Rabbani Anash who are going to be voting should all be told this after Yom Tov, that they should all be told that this is the Rebbe's position when it comes to voting rabbis out of office. So that's the letter that we're looking at today. The, um, the Rebbe keeps on saying in this letter that this is not just about Israeli elections. It's about the entire world, not just about Israel. It's about the entire world. So I, I wanted to look into just how far this goes. Um, and the answer is it's a, little, it's a little trickier when it comes to the brass tacks of Allah. So there's a Ramah. There's a Shochan Aruch Yeradeya 245.22. You can look it up. Yeradeya 245.22. There's a long Ramah at the very, very end of that simon where he talks everything about what Hasagas Kabul is by Rabbanim, whether a Rav can move into a Rav or another Rav's territory. Basically, the entire sugya of, of rabbis fighting with each other is found in, a, in this tiny sif at the end of, a long Ramah, a tiny sif at the end of that simon. Uh, what he says there is, Someone is hochzak as a rabbi of a city. Even if he took that upon himself, you know, he made himself the Rav. Even if another better rabbi comes, you can't remove him from his post. Even and this rabbi's children and his grandchildren, they all get the post forever. As long as they are at least a little bit wise and they fill the role of their father properly, this precedent goes to that family forever. But then there's this line in the Ramah that a lot of poskim don't know exactly what to do with. In a place where there is a custom to have contracts for a rabbi or term limits, where they have a specific amount of time they'll be serving, there's a minute to vote for the rabbi. The Ramah says, it's totally fine. 
This does not seem to be what the Rebbe is saying in his letter. The Ramah is very specifically saying, you can vote out a sitting rabbi, the term limits are fine. And it's unclear what the Ramah means because the next line in the Ramah is, but if they did accept the rabbi among the, upon themselves, if they accepted his rulership, then nobody can remove him. So the next line in the Ramah is from the Rebash and seems to contradict that. Um, the Yonah HaSholchan looks at all of this. He has a, he has a whole arichas in 245.29. And his bottom line is that nowadays, our minig is that when somebody becomes a rabbi, we never remove them. That's probably what the Rebbe is basing his position on. He says, We haven't seen this minig from the Ramah. The members of a city, they vote in a certain rabbi. Even if they write down in a contract that he's only there for a certain period of time, you can simply never remove him. You can't get rid of the guy. That's I went looking for this chasm sefer that Rebbe keeps quoting. I'm not sure which one it is. In the lines below um, in the Igris where they tell us where to look, that's not exactly how shult chasm sefer is broken up. It's not broken up by simonim. It's broken up by tshuvas. So it would take me quite a while to figure out which one it is. I think it might be the one that's quoted in the Pesche Tshuva in Chesh Mishpat in 333.6. That seems probable. The chasm sefer there writes that contract terms uh, have no bearing on the congregation. They have bearing on the rabbi. That is, that if it says, if a rabbi has a contract that says that he's a rabbi for 10 years, that, according to the Chassam Sefer, doesn't mean that the kehila can kick him out after 10 years. It just means that the rabbi is allowed to leave at the end of 10 years. Otherwise, he'd be stuck there forever. You appoint somebody a rabbi, in theory, he's your rabbi for life. Um, the 10-year contract allows him to leave at the end of the 10 years. And the whole reason we write the contract in the first place, according to the Chassam Sefer, is that people won't think we enslaved the guy. Because if you hire a rabbi, it's possible that he's stuck there uh, permanently. So... When the Rebbe says, um, when the Rebbe says that he's not in favor of term limits or of removing Rabbanim from their posts, he's leaning on a chasm sefer and he's leaning on a chreinim. I don't know exactly what to do with the fact that it seems to be beferish against a Rabma. Um, so this is something to look into in more detail, maybe that we can discuss in the chat. In any case, it's not clear to me exactly how far this applies to contemporary scenarios and to Rabbanim and to Shluchim around the world who are perpetually hiring and firing each other. But at the very least, when it comes to me being a prime example of one of those, <laughs> of one of those Rabbanim, <laughs> um, I'm not sure exactly how this applies to Allah Halamaisa. However, I am certain about how it applies to the Israeli elections at the very least, which is that the Rebbe firmly feels that, uh, that the Rabbanim who are appointed to be Rav Rashi of Israel and Rav Rashi anywhere in the world, that... Uh, they are not to be removed from their posts unless they act inappropriately. There are all sorts of chuvas about rabbis who act inappropriately. We can get rid of them anytime. But I mean, if they're not doing anything wrong, removing them at the end of a term limit itself is not considered justified in halacha, according to the Rebbe. And that really is the bottom line, no matter what the Ramah says. But figuring out how that fits with the Ramah can be the Aveda for the rest of the day. Questions, comments, concerns? I have a note from, Men from Mendel. Uh, that he sent in text asking if maybe this is the reason why the Rebbe refused to meet with Avadi Yosef. I'm, I'm, I don't know, but I am certain that this soured their relationship because Rebbe Avadi Yosef later wrote how upset he was about the fact that the Rebbe came out saying that he wasn't allowed to run in the election that made him the chief rabbi. So I, I know that at least from one direction, this soured the relationship. Avadi Yosef never quite forgave the Rebbe for this. Um, and uh, Shlomo Goren, at least anecdotally, anecdotally, this isn't a good source, it's like from one of his students, they, they say that Rabbi Shlomo Goren was afraid of the Rebbe after this letter and refused to meet with him after that because he was afraid of the Rebbe, that the Rebbe very specifically told him not to run and he defied him so that if he, if, if, when he came to New York, he would like, he would like avoid streets he thought the Rebbe might be on because he was, he was looking over his shoulder and might get caught. So that's, that's from one of his students. I don't know how reliable that is, but it sounds like that it wasn't, uh, it was a different response from Rabbi Goren. That he wasn't uh, he wasn't angry he was uh, he was embarrassed by himself.
uh, which is obviously a, a more appropriate response. 